Welcome to Eye on the Illini. This is Illini guy Mike Kegley, and I'm here with Matt Stevens, the Illini guy staff writer, and with Kedrick Prince. We'll talk with Matt about some of the six recent signee or commitments to the Illini football program. Ked will talk about a few of those commitments as well, along with a discussion he had with Shauna Green, the Illini women's basketball head coach, and of course, spend a little bit of time talking about Illini basketball recruiting. So with that, I certainly appreciate you joining us. We'll be back in just a few seconds with Matt Stevens. Are you looking to grow your business? Do that with the Illini Guys Radio Network by broadcasting on the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. We have over 20 stations, including stations in Chicago, St. Louis, Champaign, Decatur, Springfield, Bloomington, the Quad Cities, Rockford, Peoria, Marion, Quincy, and Jacksonville, amongst others. You can reach over 11 million people in the state of Illinois by partnering with us. Send me an email, mike at IlliniGuys.com, and let's find a way that we can build your business together. And as promised, this is Mike Kegley, and I'm here with Matt Stevens, the Illini Guys beat writer who covers a lot of sports, but the main one is football. Matt, it has been a uh, yet another bang-bang period of time where the Illini are reigning recruits. Do you remember any time like this in Illinois' past? Yeah, last year in June. Um, it's it's been pretty made pretty clear that Brett Bielema likes to have a lot of hay in the barn by the end of June, and he's done a lot of that again this year. I I, I want to say like half of the recruits came off of June visits last year. Maybe they waited until after the July 4th weekend um, to verbally commit, and then you got to wait until November to make sure it's going to stick. But um, I tend to remember a lot of – I mean, I don't tend. I know that a lot of the June visits last year resulted into what you saw in the 2020 – three recruiting class that was announced. And uh, I, you're seeing a lot of that. You, I think you've got 14. Um, uh, we've got 14 verbal commits right now of the 2024 class. I would say, I think a dozen of them, if not 13, a baker's dozen of them came from June visits. Um, these June visits, I think Brandon Hansen, which he committed back in like late November of 2022 is the only one that didn't um, at least, figure out where they wanted to go before, uh, after they took the either first week in June visit or the last week in June visit that, that happened this past weekend. So um, I think you're going to see this as a year-long trend for Brett Bielema. He is using the summer. You've heard it from Mike Farrell. Um, Mike, is we talked to him a lot about you know recruiting and how it's different up here than it is, say, in the Southeastern Conference. The schools in the Big Ten have got to use those June visits as best they can in order to get a lot of hay on the barn um, in terms of their recruiting class because you just don't want to bring a kid on campus when it's starting to get a little bit colder and we start flipping the calendar to October and November. Yeah, and and that that's a, a good analogy or a good a good analogy there. Now let's let's take a look then break these guys down individually. You know, we had Karsten Conkle, um, you know, who was the uh, – he joined Tyshawn Griffin, Eddie Turk, and Brandon Hansen as uh, verbals from the state of Illinois. Uh, Conkle is six foot six, two hundred twenty-five pound athlete that Illinois got over people like Arkansas, Michigan State, Pittsburgh, and Virginia Tech. What uh, what type of uh, you know effect do you think he's going to have on the team? 
somebody that Robbie Disher wanted immediately um, saw that he was the in-state product, the new tight ends coach and special teams coach at Illinois, who has experience all over the country working with Willie Fritz at Sam Houston and then working with him at Tulane and working with Kirby Smart at Georgia has seen it all um, in terms of that position and what it can do for your football team and what he wants to bring into his room. And from a length and from a strength and from a, you know, a, a, you, do you have the clay at which I can mold you into what I want you to be kind of thing? Uh, Conkle has that. Um, it was an interesting process because like you've seen and maybe read throughout this entire summer, he went to Arkansas um, <laughs> and then committed to Illinois. You know, he went to Illinois on that first June weekend visit. And then Illinois let him go to Arkansas because Illinois at that time was his only power five offer. By the time he went to Arkansas and got back from Arkansas and was allowed to go to camp at Arkansas in this late June, June weekend, um, he, uh, he had not only an Arkansas offer, but a couple of others. And um, Illinois allowed him to do that. And by allowing him to do that, he got to see everything. And then he went back to the school that wanted him first. And that was Illinois. And, he will end up staying in state. And I think that that was important to him. It was important to Illinois. It was important to his coaches. And I think it was important to, uh, to everybody surrounding Karsten Conkle that he, uh, he wanted to stay with the people that saw him first, identified him first and feel like he, they can make him the most of first. I do think he'll start at tight end because I think Robbie um, wants him badly in his room. And I think that he can, uh, he can make a difference there, but I do think, he has the ability um, to potentially become, you know, what, you know, Robbie now has when the veterans in his room right now. Um, and I think that he can take some time to develop and doesn't have to see the field for maybe even a year and a half before. And, and I think that somebody who's a small town kid from Illinois, you know, just has to look at their head coach who was a walk on small town kid from Illinois who can understand, okay, that's, the, there's a process here. And I think he respects the process. Yeah. And, and that, that's, like I said, a guy like that, um, very talented and, and he's got some flexibility to see which direction, you know, he goes. Yeah. I, I know it's kind of fantasy wish casting here, but I would almost say a little bit of Eric Kumaro, um, in terms of that, high level potential um out there especially with that size um the next they one can, they, honestly if they think he develops the way he's supposed to they think he can be tip ryman yeah. and that's a, that's somebody who at the top of the depth chart when he gets here next year because tip's supposed to be back next and in, in 2023 2024 um that's somebody he can look at and go uh-huh that's that's what i should be as an upperclassman that's the plan at least that's what i've been told perfect now, the next up is uh, junior college and uh, California wide receiver Alex Kapka-Jones, which, you know, um, Brett Bielma has been very smart about going to the junior college route. You kind of avoid some of the big NIL funds that you run into with high-profile transfers and high highly ranked freshmen. What, uh, what are we going to get out of uh, Mr. Kapka-Jones? Well, this is different. This is still part of the 2023 recruiting class. This yep. is a very, very late entry of like Conkle and the guys we'll talk about probably after this is 2024. Yep. Okay. They're still going to finish their senior year of high school. Pretty much. I think everybody else we're going to talk about. Um, right. This is a junior college kid. That's going to be here in, in August in a, in a couple months. Um, and 
Illinois was his only offer. Um, he did have a PWO offer, uh, preferred walk-on offer from Texas A&M. The way that Texas A&M uses its NIL funds, they could probably pay for his tuition. So what's the difference? You know, he's essentially on scholarship at that point anyway. Um, so he had a decision to make. Uh, I will say this. I think there's, um, you, you, you set it up for me brilliantly, Mike, is that Brett Bielema does like to use the JUCOs. I do think that this is more than a half dozen now that will be coming in from this 2023 class. Um, you're talking about Lane Jenkins, who's coming in late after Charlie Bullen fired down him um, and stole him from Oklahoma, um, the outside linebacker. Uh, the junior college world has been very, very fruitful for Brett Bielema, and he kind of explained that in his last media availability to us in, um, this past week, um, where and Alex Kepra Jones also applies here. No, not only does he not have to deal with NIL and he doesn't have to deal with the NIL that goes with, you know, four and five star, you know, recruits in recruiting. He also doesn't have to deal with the admissions office because these kids uh, were admitted, would have been NCAA qualified and admitted. And quite frankly, University of Illinois qualified out of high school. And they just decided to go to junior college in order to get reps, get film um, and have a better shot in a year or two. Uh, and the kids that are academically qualified can leave after a year in junior college. They don't have to stay two years. Um, that's the other, Isaiah Adams applies there, right? So Isaiah Adams academically qualified coming out of high school. He was just in Canada and nobody wanted to recruit an offensive lineman out of Canada. So he went to junior college. Zai Chrysler was academically qualified um, out, of, out of his Mississippi high school. He just was not physically qualified to play power five conference football coming out of high school, spends a year in junior college. The academic profile has not changed. So he's immediately eligible to be admitted to the university of Illinois. So, so while Brett Bielema has gone to the well in a similar way to his old boss did when he worked at Kansas state, Bill Snyder, the Kansas, the Juco route, these are not Juco kids that, you know, he's having to basically bribe or or strong arm the admissions department at the University of Illinois. Alex Kepra Jones can get into the U of I, could have gotten in the UI out of high school, out of his California high school. What makes this interesting to me is that um, I don't know what kind of an impact he can have this fall because he's physically just so slight. However, he is six foot four and he's probably going to get to about 200 pounds when he's ready to go play. At that point, you then have a big body target on the outside that you can throw jump balls to and potentially move the chains in the passing game in that regard. But he's physically going to have to get with Tank Wright and the strength and conditioning staff in order to get better. The, the good news is he has three years to play two seasons. He has a redshirt year in his pocket, and I'm not entirely convinced that that Brett Bielema may not think about using that redshirt year in order to have him be a five-year college player. And by the time he's an upperclassman, Mike, I think he could potentially have an impact in the same way that Casey Washington has an impact right now and improved his body immediately after he got to Illinois after Lovey Smith signed him. So I think there's some comparisons there, and I think that they like what they see, and they, they have always, on both sides of the ball, liked length. And Alex Capra jones provides that in, in spades. Yeah, and, and it doesn't stop there, folks. I mean, you know, we had one of the more exciting – uh, flips Vernon Woodward from Winter Park High School was committed to Wisconsin and one of the rare times that we are in a situation where Illinois grabs a player 
the Wisconsin uh, wanted and, and, you know, committed that direction. Um, we are really seeing uh, quite a pipeline of, of Florida based defensive backs. What do we think about Vernon and uh, any thoughts on this uh, Florida circuit that seems to be flying, you know, over Georgia and Tennessee and Kentucky and landing in Illinois? You can thank Kirby Joseph. You can thank Devin Witherspoon. You can thank Quan Martin. And you will be able to thank uh, Taz Nicholson when he's ready to go into the draft after a couple of years as well. Those are all Florida kids that I just mentioned, and they are all under-recruited, under-evaluated, undervalued, quoting Brett Bielema, Florida kids that Aaron Henry really likes. Here's what they all have coming out of high school. Length. Okay. Vernon Vernon Woodward stands six foot two. I mean, he's he's a legit guy that you can feel like can go go, you know, stand next to a wide receiver and not um, you know, be a complete, you know, over, you know, mismatch, essentially, physical mismatch at the line of scrimmage. They love the physicality that those kind of players bring. He has a physicality to him that I think can he can bring to the cornerback position in the same way that Devin Witherspoon did. I will tell you that I think Devin Witherspoon coming out of high school was a far superior athlete than Vernon Woodward. It would be hard if he wasn't because Devin Witherspoon was a world-class Olympic athlete who just decided to try football. And that 16, as I wrote before, that 16 year old made a $30 million decision that, that, that spring day and it paid off. Um, and instead of an Olympic gold medal, he signed an NFL contract worth 30 plus million dollars. Um, Vernon Woodward is not an Olympic athlete, um, but he is physically gifted in the terms of the physicality that Aaron Henry loves his corners and the what the way he wants his corners to play, and the length at which he can control his body in a way that I think is very and and, and the physicality that he plays with, the physicality in which he tackles with. You don't normally see that out of corners. Um, you don't normally see that on guys on the outside in the secondary. Illinois values that immensely. If you've ever seen like the way Taz Nicholson plays, if you saw the way Tony Adams plays, who's now in the NFL, um, coming out of East St. Louis as a smaller guy, um, the physicality plays. Um, I will tell you his recruitment was very, very strange in the sense that I will compare it to Rico Jackson last year at Illinois, the offensive lineman that immediately committed to Illinois on the Friday of his visit. And even I had Illinois coaches telling me, I don't think this is going to stick. We can't, figure out why he committed so fast. Um, I think the Wisconsin folks felt the exact same way. And they that's why you saw him take his Illinois visit after he committed to Wisconsin. Um, nobody was really at Wisconsin was going to make a big stink about it because we're not convinced he wants to be in Madison anyway, um, or we're not convinced he thinks he's done. So we're not going to put out a big PR stink about this. Sure enough, he wasn't done. And I think that he got sold the same thing that all of these DBs, specifically these Florida DBs that are in this 24 class are getting sold. If you work your tail off and you trust us and you stay in the locker room and you don't go in the portal and you trust what we're doing with you every single day throughout this process, you'll have a chance to, you know, maybe you're not Devin Witherspoon, but you could be Quan Martin. Nobody thought Quan Martin was going to be in the NFL two years ago. Nobody thought a year ago Kirby, Kirby Joseph was going to be in the NFL. We can get you there. And I think that that's a sell job that's being done by, you know, not only Aaron Henry, but Antonio Finellis is somebody who also is tag teaming 
You know, they, they played in the same defensive backfield for Brett Bielema at, at Wisconsin. Okay. Um, and they're both from Florida and they're both best friends. And Antonio was a uh, analyst, GA analyst for LSU, otherwise known as in the Southeastern Conference, DBU. Antonio knows DB talent when he sees it. Um, I think he fell in love with Vernon Woodward's athletic, um, uh, physicality. And I think that he thinks the athleticism will play in the Big Ten. I tend to agree with him. Um, do I think he's going to be an instant impact guy as a true freshman? I don't know that because I think that there's a lot of talent that are going to be eating up spots in this 2023 depth chart when we get to fall camp that I think a lot of guys are going to be people are going to be surprised by. But I do think that Illinois continues to build the depth of that unit and it will not only pay off in spades in the future. I think that they're going to continue to try to build a pipeline to the NFL with their defensive backs as long as Aaron Henry and as long as Antonio Finellas are, are in the fold on this coaching staff. Yeah, it's it's impressive what they're doing. And and um, just to kind of uh, take a break from the, the Florida connection here for a second, Illinois gets another in-state recruit as uh, Joe Barna commits. Again, you're looking at a six-foot-four, 240-pound prospect who is looking at places like Oklahoma, Purdue, Wisconsin, Iowa State, Kansas, Washington State. This is this is the type of um, really, you know, recruiting that we would have. Last time I remember it was Ron Zook could win battles like this. Yeah, I, I think uh, he is somebody who, well, first of all, this is technically, this is the first recruiting win for Charlie Bullen and what he wants in his outside linebacker room. That is, um, he come, you know, Berta comes from a, from Wheaton North. Um, and Joe Berta comes from Wheaton North. Uh, that's a really, really good, first of all, it's a really, really good program in the suburban Chicago area. It's the, it's one of the areas that, that Kevin has kind of taken over for Kevin Kane. Um, Charlie has taken over, I'm sorry, for Kevin Kane. Um, yep. And he needed to get some wins in this department. You look at his huddle tape, and I want to make this very clear that to people that are that are kind of trying to do this on the internet and trying to like at least try to figure out who these people are before they ever get on campus. I appreciate the enthusiasm. I want to make it very clear. Yeah, the coaches see the huddle tape, and then they request practice tape. They're not recruiting kids off a of huddle tape. Um, the the huddle tape gets you in the door in the Smith Center. And then they go call your coaches and say, hey, do you got practice tape on this guy? You got other tape that you're willing to show us? Do we need to go watch this kid? Do we need to invite him to a camp? That's where the final determining factors are. It's not off of a kid's huddle tape. But in terms of what we have to go on, that's it. I've seen the kid's huddle tape from his junior year at, at Wheaton North. Um, it's very, very impressive because – Here's why. I think he has shown the ability to not only stick his hand in the ground when Illinois and if Illinois wants to go to a four-man front. And Mike, last year, I don't want to get two X's and O's on everybody, but you saw Ryan Walters go to a four-man front when they had to. Um, and then they'll go to that bear front, that three-man front, that odd man front when they have to, too. Joe has figured out a way to put on tape not only sticking his hand in the ground, but also in that two-point stance. So he, I think he has the ability to play in JMO's room once he gets to Illinois, or he has the ability to get to Charlie Bowen's room in that outside linebacker room. If that's the case, I still feel like Charlie has a lot of talent that's going to be in front of him in the depth chart 
that he doesn't have to get on the field immediately. Um, is this Gabe Yakis? No. I mean, this is not physically. He needs to put on about 20 pounds. Gabe Yakis was 265 pounds, Mike, as a freshman when he rolled into Champaign-Urbana. And I looked at him and went, oh, my God, that's – I haven't seen that since I started covering Auburn. And I watched Derek Brown walk into the Auburn facility and go, oh, that's an NFL player. Um, I did the same thing with Gabe Yakis. That probably won't happen here. He'll probably need to get with Tank and develop probably 20 pounds. He'll have the time to do that, though, and he's going to do it off of somebody who's been coaching that specific position in the NFL for 12 years. What's exciting about this is that Charlie Bolin, who has not been recruiting college uh, high school football athletes for 12 years because he's been in the NFL, has already developed quickly a reputation for kids that want to play for him. And then when they go to camp, they want to get coached by him. They like being coached by him. I think he's going to like being coached by Charlie Bolin. And lastly, again, um, I thought Steve Sturm will put this together very, very well for us when he looks at his hell tape. But his ability with his hands and his hand fighting, whether he's in a two-point stance or whether he's got his hand in the ground, is going to serve him very, very well with what Charlie Bullen wants his pass rushers and his outside linebackers to do. That is a way for him to get on the field and not have to be as big as Gabe Yakis immediately because um, he already has a skill that translates to the college game. It's one of the things I look at when you know, I look at your tape. Do you have a skill that translates immediately to what these guys are doing at Illinois? That doesn't mean you're as good a player, but do you have a, a skill? And he does. I think he's an, one of the elite pass rushers in, in the state of Illinois who is, again, under-recruited, underappreciated, underdeveloped, um, but can really I, – I feel like this is a kid that's going to break out his senior year and probably get a lot of offers while he's committed to Illinois. So I think they're probably going to have to continue to recruit him throughout November until November to make sure that this commitment sticks. I, I just – I like this – pull by Charlie Bullen a lot. And I think for the fact that it's his first one kind of shows where he wants this program to go, especially in his room. Yeah. Charlie is making uh, positive waves across the big 10 in terms of what he can do on the recruiting trail. And, and obviously it has the bona fides from coaching in the NFL that are very important. So now um, not to get away from the whole Florida thing, sure. Chase Green uh, a three a three star recruit, six foot, hundred eighty five pound safety from Largo, Florida, um, committed as well. So now we have another guy who, um, you know, from Florida. Aaron Henry played a big part in this recruitment. Green had Temple, uh, Tulane, Arkansas State, FIU, and uh, USF. So. It's still, you know, a, a decent set of schools there, but but what do we think about this particular player who, you know, when you see a safety, you got 68 tackles, 31 solo, four interceptions, two recovered fumbles. Guy seems to have a nose for the ball. Sure does. I think he I I mean, maybe he they'd like to blow him up a little bit from a size perspective and have him play the Sidney Brown role. But I think he fits perfectly into the role that they put Kendall Smith in last year in that other safety role. Um, he could also play nickel. Um, you know, just because you're listed on the recruiting websites as a safety doesn't mean you can't play nickel at Illinois. Kirby Joseph did that exact same thing, and it got him into the NFL. Quan Martin did that exact same thing last year, got him into the NFL. Um, with the way that Aaron Henry and, and quite frankly, Antonio Finellis and last year, Ryan Walters wanted to use that room. 
um, Illinois has been proven that, you know, we'll just put you somewhere right now. Like we'll train you and what they do a really good job with and what they're going to do with this young man is they're probably going to train him at both corner nickel and safety. And then they'll figure it out from his practice tape. Because again, he's not going to have to be on the field right away. They're going to figure out, okay, this is where we want you to play. And then, 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 um, Mike, you've talked about it in, in other forms of, of business where it's like, let's spend a year trying to figure out what is the best way for this young man to succeed. And then we'll train him the way we want him to play in that spot. But I think that he has the ability as a project to figure out, um, after maybe a year at Illinois, what he is going to, how he's going to work and how he's going to fit. Again, it's just another Florida athlete that Aaron Henry thinks he can mold into, you know, again, an underappreciated, under-recruited and under, um, you know, underappreciated, under-recruited and, and just uh, underrated type of recruit into a, a, a major role by the time he's an upperclassman. And I think that he has the ability to do that. And I think, uh, I think Illinois thinks that they found another gem in Florida and, and I, I don't necessarily disagree with them because when, when you've asked Aaron Henry and you've asked Ryan Walters and you've asked right now, Antonio Finellis to, to trust you as a fan that they, they've got a good batting average right now. And I think that this is another one where they're like, they're trying to tell everybody, Hey, trust our evaluation. It's going to work out. And so I think over the next 18 months, we'll see if it works out with this young man. But I, I think he's got everything that you they want in terms of uh, what they look for in a nickel or a safety right now to, to to work out in the next few years. Yeah, well, we're not done, Matt, with uh, Florida. Um, Amar <laughs> Reynolds. For a while, I can tell you that much. Yeah, Amar Reynolds, uh, another class of 2024, defensive end from Fort Pierce, Florida. Um, you know, he announced coming to uh, Illinois – and again, you're talking another player that that you know has some speed, um, and you played down in Vero Beach. So, what is he going to bring to the table? And is there some sort of headcount limit for people from Florida? No, no. Um, you will you will see Florida native Aaron Henry and uh, Florida native Antonio Finellis, and quite frankly if and when we start talking receivers again, guess what? George McDonald likes to go to Florida and has gone to Florida before and, and scouted scouted people. Um, the interesting element here is that he come, he will come from the same high school. Um, he'll finish his senior year at Vero Beach High School. And why that's interesting is because Illinois has already kind of developed a pipeline of connection with that high school because Nate, Nate Gwynn, um, the tight end who signed in the 2022 recruiting class and was a late prospect, you know, I met his high school coach who took Nate to prospect camp, rising Illini camp at Illinois last, last summer, this past summer, and just was kind of hopeful that Nate would get looked at and get an offer maybe, and, and figure out a way to get into a power five school. He stood up for about an hour at, at the camp. George McDonald looked at him. I remember the moment where George McDonald kind of looked over and went, what's your name? Like literally yelled at him, what's your name? And I thought, Oh, he's getting an offer because he was really impressive in that slot tight end role that he has never played. He said, I've never played before. I'm going to go back my senior year and do it. Um, but I've never really done it before. I've played defensive end my entire career. I want to try to play wide receiver and tight end. Um, this is another kid who I think is, is, is a project. 
out of Vero Beach High School, but athletically gifted enough that you think the project might work out. And also, if the coaches over there gave you somebody who you think can eventually be a tight end by the time he's an upperclassman for you, you tend to like the evaluation of that coaching staff um, in, in future endeavors. This is now a future endeavor. And I think that Aaron Henry thinks that they have found somebody who is the Florida version of, like, say, a Mac Resetich, where they go, okay, let's take this kid. And, um, you know, you got to take 20. You might as well try to figure out, you know, I don't know how to put it other, otherwise, like having a stash and 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 develop project, you know, in your in your, you know, in your positional room, in, on your roster, on your depth chart is not always the worst thing in the world in the portal era when everybody who doesn't play right away probably wants to get in the portal. Brad Bielema has built the culture that, hey, just, um, you know, wait your turn. Um, understand what we're asking of you and we'll set you up to succeed. And if the kid trusts him enough to do that, I think that they they feel like they found another gem, even though the kid didn't have another power five offer. I think this is, a, this is, this is specifically one where you have to look at Aaron Henry and go, I'm trusting you coach on your evaluation here. Cause otherwise no other power five school is seeing what you're seeing in those instances though, Aaron Henry's got a good batting percentage. So Let's. I think if you're an Illini fan, you roll with him on this simply because the kid might be a good enough athlete just to to make it work over time. Perfect. Well, Matt, I really appreciate you taking some time out of your evening here to give people kind of a rundown. We'll obviously be on recruit watch. We'll do another one of these. We'll have some more recruits coming because we're going to have another weekend, you know, and 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 or excuse me, we're going to have just more time here for people to make their decisions and. Um, you know, maybe we'll have a, a few more coming down the pike uh, pretty quickly. You would think so. You got the dead period coming up. So a lot of coaches are going to go on vacation. <laughs> Short one, but a vacation before we start fall camp. But uh, like I said, I think this recruiting class is going to get to about 20 um, and 14 are already in the barn right now. So if you're Brett Bielema, I think you did a yeoman's work in the month of June like you wanted to. And I think this this recruiting class is shaping up to be what they want it to be. And um, what they want it to be is a kind of what they think they are. And I don't mean to be long-winded on this, but they're still not in the position to do, you know, a dozen four stars and a couple of five stars. They're not in that world yet. Um, I don't know when they're going to be in that world, but they're not in that world yet. But there's some big fish out there. I think they've got six or seven spots left in this class. There's still some real big fish out there, specifically that Charlie Bowen's trying to reel, reel in. Um, and I think that if he can do that, then Illinois' recruiting class could be the first top 25 recruiting class that you've seen since Ron Zook or just outside of it. That'll be a lot of fun. Thank you, folks. Or thank you, Matt. And, folks, if you want to keep up with Matt, of course, a subscription to IlliniGuys.com will get you all of his articles. And you can also follow him at Matthew, that's uh, two T's, C. Stevens, and that's Stevens with a V. And uh, follow him on Twitter, keep up with what he's looking at and talking about. And, of course, Matt is not limited to just football. He also co helps us cover a myriad of sports, particularly Illini golf, because Matt's a you know former two-handicap golfer and uh, also Illini basketball. So... Thank you very much, and we will be right back after this brief commercial message. 
Whether you live in Champaign or Chicago, halfway across this great nation or halfway across the planet, IlliniGuys.com keeps you in the know. Whether it's game results or what's going on in recruiting behind the scenes, IlliniGuys.com covers it. Only $99 a year, and you get a free seven-day trial to kick the tires. Go to IlliniGuys.com, click the register button that's right next to the seven-day free trial, and we'd love to have you as a subscriber. IlliniGuys.com. Yeah, this is Mike Kegley back again, and I am with Kedrick Prince, the Illini Guys Director of Recruiting. Kedrick, um, this has been a ton of activity for the Fighting Illini football team with recruits coming in uh, really like rain. Uh, we're, they're collecting left, right, up, and down. Uh, what are your general thoughts of the overall success of the Illini football coaching staff when it comes to recruiting? I, you know, I don't. I want to say I'm surprised, Mike, but I shouldn't be. But I'm not. If that makes any sense, here's why I'm surprised. You and I have been through the wars, buddy. We've seen Illinois football when it was good for a year or two, and we saw it when it was bad. And what's unique and different about this is the recruiting. And I will challenge anybody to research and to call me out on this. Illinois has some success under Ron Turner. They have some success under Ron Zook. I mean, and I get it. But what Brett Bielema is doing is he's building a program, and this is why it's unique. Illinois has not built a program. I don't know, and maybe in the Mike White era, you know, you and I have talked about those on podcasts before. Mike, but this is different because when you had – this is no disrespect to Lovey Smith and Tim Beckman. I'm not doing that. But the recruiting now, Mike, here's what's different. When I call these recruits, I, I told you I'm really focusing this year right now on, on what what other schools are recruiting these, these you know these student athletes. When when uh, Lovey Smith was there and Tim Beckman and those guys, every school, every kid typically had a Mac Conference kid, and I'm not being disrespectful to them. I was sick of seeing Miami and, and Toledo. Every kid, and there's nothing wrong with those kids. A lot some of those kids pan out, but when you're playing in the Big Ten, you cannot build a roster with those kind of kids and expect to compete in the Big Ten. Brett Bielema, is, he's getting some of those kids. Don't get me wrong. But his eye for talent, which, is, you know, you can argue all you want. He's been tremendous at that, and he's a good judge of talent. He, that's rubbed off on his assistant coaches. But he's done a tremendous job of going out and competing against Michigan and, and you know, and Iowa and Wisconsin. And he's taking these kids from there. This is the difference. And the roster is becoming deep at Every corner, cornerback, tight end, quarterback, you know, receivers. Mike, I don't know the last time you and I in our lifetime where I've seen this. And he's doing it in 2024. Some of my friends used to complain. Why is Illinois the last school to have a roster for the upcoming class? He's got 13 or 14 commitments already. This is different. Yeah, it's also a lot of fun to see um, the length that we're seeing from this particular, um, you know, the, the, it seems like everybody's got length and and he's got, you know, looking for speed as well. So it's it's a lot of fun to watch what's going on. So let's shift gears and talk a little bit for the fans about some of the gentlemen who've recently committed to the Illini, starting up with Karsten Conkle, who is the fourth uh, 
well, at the time was the fourth in-state uh, commitment to the Illini's 2024 recruiting class. Um, this guy's six foot six, two twenty-five, at Arkansas, Michigan State, Pittsburgh, Virginia Tech. Looking at him, what do you think about this player? And boy, is it nice to beat people like that for a recruit. Yeah, you know what's what I just mentioned, and you know, and in your statement, Mike, you mentioned me length. I mean, I, I used to when I had media credentials a while back. I used to, you know, when I was in the press box, I'd go in the field, and you know, the last eight minutes of the game, you can get on the field, and you could just see Illinois was physically just outmatched. When you can get a guy the six six with some size, you know, by the time he's probably be on the field, he'll be two hundred fifty pounds as you know a tight end. Um, they list him as an athlete, but I'm sure he'll probably be tied in or defensive end. This was a big commitment because Pickneyville is an area that you don't see a, a lot of uh, Division One athletes come from there. But having said that, this is what I see when I see the eye of of um, Brett Bielema and his staff because they do a really good job of going out to get some of these kids. So I think it's a big commitment. Um, he, you know, he he has good hands. Uh, and he's big. He's a big body. You know, um, I know a lot of people talked about Luke Ford coming out, you know, a small area and being one of the top players in the in the country. This kid is not one of the top players, but I'll tell you what he does have that I don't, I don't I'm not criticizing Luke Ford. This kid is a little bit more athletic to me. Um, he, he's He's got the size. And you mentioned yourself, you know, without me saying this. They're looking for athleticism and kids with some speed and strength. And that's what it takes to build a roster. Illinois is not going to be a pushover. They'll be physical. They'll be able to throw the ball, run the ball. They're not going to be one-dimensional. I'm really looking forward to this because every day that little, you know, Brett Bielema signal goes off that there's a recruit coming and these kids are excited. Yeah. I mean, and you can certainly understand with, with the type of players that are, are answering the call, why the team is getting excited. And of course, Illini football fans are, are like, is this really us? So it's, it's kind of interesting to watch this, this excitement build. And, you know, the, the next guy, and, and then we're going to try to, you know, look at, at Vernon Woodward, who, who flipped over from Wisconsin uh, to come to Illinois. This kid is another kid from Florida another defensive back from Florida. And, you know, he has, I don't know, 17 high major offers, borderline four-star player. Um, what do you see from for him uh, coming up to Champaign? Well, let's first start with the fact that he's from Florida. There's hundreds of schools in, in Florida that he could have went to, but close to it. He, and I do think, you know, defensive coach and Henry has a lot to do with the success. If you follow recruiting on Illini guys, you look at a lot of the, you know, the recruits. They're coming from the South, and, and a lot of them are from Florida. And that's where, again, I just mentioned Henry's from. So he's got his hands in on that because he's telling these kids it's a different part of the country and what's unique about being up here. Now, Wisconsin just has a new staff, and I was going to mention this later, but I'm going to mention it now. When I look at the recruits now, because I'm really dialed in with this. You see Wisconsin and Indiana uh, everywhere, whether it be the West Coast, East Coast. So they're out there. Now, this kid, you know, Vernon committed to Wisconsin, you know, on the 4th and then took a visit to Illinois and just had a change of heart in a heartbeat. You know, when you can beat out the Arkansas, Michigan State, Virginia, 
as you mentioned in Pittsburgh, for some of for some of these schools, and then that was in on him prior to him coming to Wisconsin. That's big, but it's also a little bit easier to sell when you're you know. And I wrote about this when you're one of the best defenses in the country, and you know, kids like to be able to go out, especially on defense. They like to hit, Mike. They like to be able to, to showcase their skills, and that's what Illinois will do for you. You know, and it's a new staff, and when you have guys drafted, you know, three-star guys, you know, that were on nobody's radar who become first-round draft picks, that's an easy sale to a recruit and being from the South. So I get it. I understand. I think it's a, I think it's a big get. And, you know, Illinois flipped this kid, but that this is what typically happens in Illinois. They'll recruit a kid, think the kid's coming, and then, you know, the kid will end up going somewhere else. That's what's – I don't like seeing that, but I it's the way college football is. Yeah, and, and we do see that more often than, than we'd like. And and one thing you don't, for those people who don't follow recruiting as close, you, you generally, now every there's exceptions to every rule, but in college basketball, kid commits, the uh, they, they kind of call off the dogs other coaches do. College football, eh, not until signing day and the ink is dry, and even then you can run into disputes. So, you know, it's it's a, just a little bit more blood and guts on the college uh, the college football side of the aisle compared to college basketball. So now we, we have another um, in-state commitment, 2024 Joe Barna. This is a six-foot-four, 240-pound prospect, Oklahoma, Purdue, Wisconsin, Iowa State, Kansas. Another impressive list. And you've got a player that, um, you know, looks like he could be a defensive star, but another guy who's got um, strength, speed, and power, um, you know, 34-inch vertical, 4.8, 40-yard dash, um, another athlete here. Uh, what are your thoughts on Big Joe? Athlete, athleticism, and you can't go wrong with that. I love the school where he's from, Wheaton. Um, which produces a lot of good football players from that we know of. I'll tell you what, when you, like you just mentioned the list of schools, and I just mentioned that, you know, to beat out Oklahoma, Wisconsin, you know, and Iowa State is an up-and-coming program, you know. So this kid, obviously, I mean, you know, when he gets to Illinois, you know, they get him on campus, he's already 240 pounds, and, you know, and he can play the end. And they, they've done a tremendous job of coaching, you know, that position. And again, it's depth. And, the, you know, when one guy goes down, another, you know, there's going to be depth at that position to add there. And when you look at the state of Illinois, you know, I'm going to go through what ESPN has. You know, they list their top 25 recruits. And for the last seven or eight years, Illinois has probably had one kid on that top 25. The top 25 is pretty much close. You know, there's a Justin uh, Scott kid from St. Ignatius who's still available. Marquise Life, Marcus Lightfoot, you know, who visited Illinois last week from Kenwood, um, has a, a great list of schools and Marquise Easley and, you know, Darion Dupree, which people think that Illinois has a good shot at, and Tony Phillips from Kankakee. Everybody else on the top 25, Mike, is pretty much committed. And Illinois has done their share. They have four, you know, three or four kids on this list already that are in the top 25 in the state and it's also nationally. So, they put themselves in a good situation to land talent, not just to get kids from the, because they're from the state. These are kids that would be difference makers. And when you get a kid, you know, like 
Joe and you know who was excited. And I I I think this was a surprise. I don't think a lot of people thought he was gonna commit to Illinois. You know, a lot of people at one time thought Oklahoma or Purdue and you know, they went in and, you know, they did their job. And but from a talent standpoint, this is another kid from the state of Illinois that typically goes away and, you know, comes back to Hunt, Illinois. But he's big, physical, good hands, um, you know, good lower body stance. What I'm liking right now for me is I'm looking at the film on all these kids and I'm just loving what I see. You see the physicality, just how much bigger and stronger than a lot of these kids are. Yeah, it, it is amazing to see what, what's getting put together here. So um, now just, just so people don't think we're forgetting, we got two more recent commits we want to talk about. Both of them are from the state of Florida. Both of them play defensive back. So let's talk first about Chase Green, which is a six foot, 185 pound safety from Largo. Um, and with 68 tackles, of which 31 are solo, four interceptions, couple of recovered fumbles. Obviously, this, this kid finds his way into the middle of action as a safety. Um, what do you think about this player? This is a hidden gem. I, I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, you brought Chase up. This is a kid that, from what I understand, is going to be a star in the making. You know, the, let's put this in perspective. You gave out the stats, and you talked about where he's from. But here are his offers. Temple, Tulane, Arkansas State, you know, USF. Those aren't your door beaters. But what I'm saying to you is Illinois being his only power five offer, and this is one of those kids when I mentioned them being a gym, that they saw talent, and they see things in these kids where, like, him being physical, him not running away and wanting to go get balls and being able to cover a man, which is one of the things that I, you know, I heard that he really, one of the reasons he picked Illinois. Some of these other schools aren't going to allow them to do that. These kids want to showcase their talent. And if you can get a kid like Chase, and when you go out to recruit again, it's like, hey, you know what? This kid wasn't highly touted, but he's an all Big Ten player for a second, third team or all American. So that's what I see in this kid. A lot of people, you know, weren't, you know, keen on his offers, and I get it. But at the same time, I mentioned Matthew Bailey before, who could potentially be a starter this year for Illinois. And his only other offer was North Dakota State, I believe, and Iowa wanted him to walk on. So I definitely see that in in uh, in Chase Green. Well, and and the other thing is, is you know, some coaches, um, you know, when they take a flyer on talent, doesn't really work out. And many times, you know, you hear about him taking a flyer and you're like, yeah, it's because he couldn't get anybody else. So now he's trying to get somebody that nobody else is recruiting because you can't win the battles. Might want to call that Tim Beckman, but let's just say coach, <laughs> let's just call him, you know, uh, coach X. Um, and then you get a guy like Bielma who's made a career of putting guys that other people overlooked into the NFL and it, it's hard to not look at at his, if you want to call him reaches, fine. But when he makes a reach, you you tend to say, okay, he's he's got. I'm going to take an educated guess that Bielman knows what he's doing. Mike, I'm going to tell you something. Brett Bielema was here in the Quad Cities uh, last year. One of the things he told us, and I'm not the only guy that was there. Obviously, they are never going to recruit a kid just to recruit a kid, every kid that they recruit. And I want all the listeners to remember this. 
they think that kid can play for them and help them. Sometimes, you know, other schools would just say, hey, you know what, we need bodies. Any kid that they go after, they expect their kid to be able to contribute and play. So that's huge. So these aren't kids that they just say, hey, you know what, I just want to give you a scholarship because he mentioned to us at, at you know, during one of his media events, they're, they're, they're not, scholarships are important. They're not just going to give them to people just to be given to them. They have to earn them. So that's the, that's the other side of it, that he sees that in these kids and his coaches. And they all agree. I mean, when they recruit a kid, which you probably heard the story before, it's not just one or two guys. And Beatham is hands-on with these kids. And Josh Whitman mentioned that um, last week in his uh, roundtable discussion, how personable he is with some of these recruits. Yeah, and it's interesting because Josh then compared Coach Shauna Green, who has a similar type of recruiting effect. She's very personable, and yet she can hold kids accountable, which is a very fine line to to walk. You and I are both, you know, spend a lot of time coaching AAU ball, and a lot of times coaches can either be their buddy or be their coach and not in between. The both of these two coaches seem to be able to live in dual worlds, and that's a unique gift. Um, the other thing is, is, is you know, from your coverage of Illini women's basketball, we hear that Coach Green is very big into the team recruiting, where the coaches act as a team to land the 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 recruit, and it's less about trying to get some sort of accountability and more about can we land the recruit. Seems like Coach B is working under that same premise as well. Mike, you know what? Um, I know we're doing football, and I know we'll get back to that. But last week when I was in Champaign, I just went over to Ubbin and just to walk through to see how unique it was again. And I saw Coach Green. Here's what, and I'm going to write about this eventually, but she is just like, you know, when you see these people on TV and you, you respect them and their knowledge, but she talked to me like we we're like we were best buds. I mean, she gave me a high five and she's just she doesn't make you feel intimidated. I can see why kids want to play for her. And all, I'm, I remember, you know, talking, you know, to some of the kids, you know, when, when she was recruiting them, you know, like Corey Allen. She's like a mom. You can talk to her. You don't feel nervous because she doesn't give you that impression. And me as a grown man, I just felt like, wow, this is easy. She, we talked just. Me, me going fishing and fishing tournaments. She talked to me about the area that we grew up in together. And it's just weird. And I, I get it because you don't see a lot of coaches do that. And Bielema, I think, is that way, Mike, because he's from a small town in Illinois, you know, about 20 miles from across the area. But Bielema started on as a walk-on. So he is a guy that's really appreciative and not – I don't think he takes things for granted. I think he understands the value of a scholarship and the value of a team because that's what he's like. I love watching him on social media. He's like a, a little kid because he knows what he's doing. He knows that this, he's turning this around. And it may, I'm not saying it's easy for him, but it's got to be great for the fans to see this from both of those coaches. And Underwood's, you know, obviously, you know, his success speaks for itself. Yep. Yep. Well, and, and we're not done though. We got one more recruit to talk about and they're defensive back and they're from Florida. Um, Amar Reynolds commits to Illinois. Um, another versatile player, um, you know, 31 tackles, three interceptions, deep pass coverage. Um, uh, you know, these guys keep getting attracted by the success of, uh, you know, Devin Witherspoon and, and the rest of the defensive backs. Um, what do you think about Amar? 
Remember I mentioned earlier, I said to you about Indiana and Wisconsin. Um, here's another kid out of Florida, but uh, his only other power five school was Indiana, which which isn't bad. Um, you know, it's a Big Ten school. But again, I think this, from my, my understanding of my sources, you know, Coach Henry had his hands in with this one as well. Um, like you mentioned, I mean, going up and getting the ball out of the air, they have put a lot of pride in, on defense. You know, I know they talk, I talked to them about filling out an entire roster, but they have put a lot of emphasis. And I think, you know, when they take the field, there's going to be a lot of competition for a lot of these kids. But they lost a lot, you know, you, you know, and, you know, I will tell you this, I think having done where this will talk to some of these recruits um, and telling them about their staff is a lot easier, you know, to get some of these kids because they do believe because, you know, you know, like uh, Josh Whitman mentioned to us again, when these kids leave and exit the program, they're not better. This is a healthy environment. And a lot of kids too talk about, their development. They want to go get better. You know, they want to get better. And Illinois has, they have great facilities. You know, um, Amar knows that they have great facilities and that he's going to have a chance if he does what he's supposed to do, he may have, he may have a shot at playing at the next level. So again, another guy that I think with a lot of speed, you know, and athleticism, they can teach you the techniques, but you can't teach the speed because it's there. And and that's what you see in Amar. That was their big selling point with him was how fast he was. And he's also 6'1". Yep. No, that's it's a good good grasp of uh, a, a whole group of guys who are talented coming into the 2024 class. Um, Ked, also real quick, on Wednesday the 28th, We'll have a um, article by you in regards to Chuck Love, a, uh, a talented player out of Nebraska. Can you tell us a little bit about him and what he brings to the table from a basketball standpoint? We're switching gears quite uh, quite abruptly here. So if those of you who went, you know, lurching forward into your windshields, we apologize if you got a little bump on the forehead. Hey, it's always good to talk basketball. Well, Chuck Love is a guy that Chester, Illinois assistant basketball coach Chester Frazier, is in love with. He offered the scholarship. He is from Lincoln, Nebraska. Um, if you are familiar with uh, women's basketball, his father, Chuck Love, who is from the Chicago area, uh, was an assistant basketball coach at uh, Nebraska. Uh, but Chuck is a guy with a smooth, smooth stroke. This is not a guy that Illinois is going to just offer a scholarship. They're going to try to pursue this kid and get him to, to commit. The 2025 kid, he already has offers from Missouri and Washington and uh, Northern Iowa. Um, he's a little bit young, but he's a guy that, you know, according to Coach Frazier, uh, I believe that, I mean, that they think he can be a really, really outstanding Big Ten prospect um, if they're able to land him. I know – Chuck mentioned the fact that he wants to get on campus and he's one of those smooth guys, Mike, that you and I talk a lot about, you know, who can do multiple things and not just one dimensional and, you know, putting the ball on the floor. I know he's six, five, but I think he can play some two guard and six, five. That's, that's a lot of size. Um, and he finishes well. And here's what I really like. And if you get to watch videos, the kid reminds me of a young Kendall Gill because he, he dunks with both hands and on a fast break, it's not you don't know if it's going to be right or left hand. So I really like 
you know, if, if they could get this kid on campus, I, I like their chances because he said he knew a lot about Illinois. Um, he followed the program because you know, his dad being from Chicago, watched him play all the time. You don't get that from a lot of kids and a lot of players, especially from being out of state. Yeah, and I think we're starting to hear that more and more with the effect of Brad Underwood and the coaching staff, you know, being the winningest team in the Big Ten over the last four years. Your games kind of become something that uh, are must-see TV. We weren't hearing that from Coach in the Gross era or the late Weber era. No, no, not at all. I mean, and, you know, the, the key to all this, and I'm just kind of, I don't want to say I'm nervous because I've seen things go negative toward Illinois, but when you have a staff, we're talking, you know, football and men's, women's basketball, when you're able to already have kids lined up, you know, for um, for the upcoming year, that tells you that you don't, you're doing what you need to be doing as far as competing with the other schools and getting kids to believe in your program and that the coaches are out recruiting. I will say this, it has to be nice for all the assistant coaches in men's and women's basketball and football to be able to bring kids on campus and have nice facilities because that's a huge asset. You know, the football Smith Center is, is one of the best in the country. I know it was in the top 10 a couple of years ago, and I know Oven, you know, talking to Jeremiah Fears, he, you know, another uh, potential basketball Illinois recruit mentioned the fact that Illinois is the only college basketball program to have some, a lot of NBA training uh, health things in, in their facilities. So um, that's a huge bonus. And other schools will follow suit, then Illinois is going to have to do something different to separate themselves. Yep. Perfect. Well, Ed, thank you so much for coming on and uh, taking some of your evening to give us an update on some football players and a little uh, taste of what we're going to see tomorrow in terms of uh, – the recruiting article on Chuck Love and the Illinois basketball program. Take care. And folks, we will be back in one minute. Make sure you subscribe to the full family of Illini guys podcasts, starting out with eye on the Illini. That's where you can listen to myself, Brad, Ked, Matt, and others talk about the recent Illini events that are in the news. Sturdy for 30 is Brad's award-winning podcast where you can hear 20 years of people that he's made contact with to talk about all things Illini and Ked's Recruiting Roundup, where he talks to players, coaches, and parents about what it's like to be recruited. Make sure you subscribe to all of those so you're always in the know. I want to thank Matt Stevens, Illini Guys staff writer, and of course, Kedrick Prince, the Illini Guys director of recruiting for taking time to come on with us and talk a little bit about some football, basketball recruiting. And we certainly want you to go ahead and go to IlliniGuys.com for more information. And of course you can follow myself or Ked or Matt on Twitter. So feel free to do that. And Brad Sturdy would be another good one along with the Illini Guys Twitter page as well. With that, this is Illini Guy Mike Kegley thanking you so much for being here. Go Illini.